Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Before we go to today's message, we want to invite you to check out our website, www.harvestagokc.com. Again, that's harvestagokc.com. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. Today we're going to continue on in our series, the Word series. Uh, So far we've covered uh, things like courage, our enemies, forgiveness. Last week Pastor Mike delivered a fantastic message on the blood. And we rejoice that God is with us through it all, amen? And that we can take the challenging things that he's told us, we can stand on them, we can move forward in them and trust that God's going to help us through it. It's not easy, but it's possible, and that's the goal. That's, that's the end result, is to live the way Jesus asked us to live, to accomplish what he asked us to accomplish and be who he called us to be. And so as we work through this, today we're going to take another one. We're going to look at faith. I, I had a whole message lined up on faith, and uh, yesterday I, I decided I was going to rewrite it about 2.30, and I decided then I was going to preach on hell. It was about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and I'd had enough. And then I realized that a message on faith still fits just fine because sometimes we have more faith in our team's ability to recover in a season than we do that God's going to fulfill his word. So sometimes our faith is misguided and misplaced in wrong things that aren't going to get us where God wants us to be and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, but we have faith that that's going to work. Let's talk about what it looks like today to have faith in Jesus. Uh, as I was looking through, looking at faith in the Bible, I did a quick search on, on one of my computers, uh, the computer program that I use, and found that faith is and Jesus are all through the New Testament. So if I put faith plus Jesus, it comes up with 708 results in 329 different verses that you find faith and Jesus. So it's everywhere. Faith is all through the New Testament because the New Testament was written in order to be lived in faith, by faith, that we have are saved by grace through faith. Faith is the, one of the, the basic building blocks of this thing we call Christianity. It's a little word, but it has huge implications. And the, the thing that also is true is that faith and fear are two legs of the same road. You come to a, a fork in the road and you have to make a decision Faith and fear are two separate pathways that always show up at the same time. And you can take a step in faith or you can take a step in fear. They're always synonymous there together. It's never easy to take the step of faith because it's easy to give in to fear. Regardless, you're going to face that. It's going to be there every way. We can choose faith or we can choose fear. Spurgeon said that when fear walks in, faith walks out. But the same is all, the opposite is also true that when faith walks in, fear has to walk out. There's only room for one of them in our life, and we got to choose faith. Faith requires action on our part. It's, it's, it's an active word. Our text today is Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to get to the words of Jesus through the, through the message, but our, our main text today is Hebrews 11.1, 1, and it says it this way. It says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. We've all probably heard that verse preached a hundred different times if you've been in church very long. I'm going to take a little liberty with the grammar of the verse, okay? Just a little bit of liberty. I understand grammatically what it says. But as I read this, praying about today, what jumped out at me wasn't what the result of faith is. 
that it's the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. What jumped out at me were the first two words, now faith. When we read it that way, now faith is. Now, now faith is. It's kind of like now OU has a tough road to get back. Now Houston could be considered in the, the playoff race. Now OSU beat the school for the I'm sorry, they beat their team they played yesterday. Now, you see, we, we take the now part and put it in there it's no, it's like it's no big deal. But it's there for a really big deal. Because faith is not a yesterday thing. Faith is a now thing. Right now. Today. In this moment. Faith was good for yesterday. Thank God we had faith for yesterday. Faith will be good tomorrow. But we've got to apply it now. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the substance, the proof of what is not seen. Now faith. This, in this moment, right here and right now, now faith. I, I wish it was that we could have faith for tomorrow and that would be okay. But Jesus said not to even worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself and it has enough troubles on its own. But now faith, right here in this moment, is where we've got to live. We've all known people that had their heads stuck in tomorrow, that have had their heads stuck in, in what could be or what should be. They've either got their heads stuck in the future or they've got it stuck in the past. Sometimes that looks like a whole different situation, but they don't live in the moment, and we miss it. And the faith that we, we, we're given here is something we're supposed to live for today. So faith's not something that you don't have, and then all of a sudden you possess incredible quantities of it, like we started using steroids spiritually to grow quickly. There's no shortcut to having faith. I wish there was. But it takes everyday action, everyday activity to grow our faith. Faith is proven in the small fights of life, the small challenges. Then it gets worked up until it's time to face our Goliath. Some of you in the room are fighting a Goliath. I want you to hear me say this. Goliath is not there to destroy you. He's there to promote you. Goliath is not there to destroy you or to defeat you. He is there. It's a setup. It's a setup. Faith is, the whole thing is a setup. What looks like something that's intended to kill us is actually a, a, a designed attempt from the enemy that God then leverages so that you can step up on it to step into the next level that God has for us. Faith allows us to do that, but we've got to realize that our Goliath isn't there to defeat us. Goliath is simply there to promote us. He's there to help you go from where you're at to where God has destined and planned for you to be, but it's not easy. Because a lot of times, what do we do? Uh, we realize that faith is proven in everyday mundane choices, but we've got to choose to step out in faith over to stepping out in fear. Imagine what David would have done if he would have stepped out and said, no, I've got fear of the future. What if I get down there and I do kill this guy and I do get everything that's promised to me, then what's going to happen? He didn't give in to the fear of the future that he might even lose. He just stepped out in faith and said, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to give it a chance and see what God does. I'm going to choose faith anyway. 
We've got to not give in to the fear of failure. I'm not going to try and win that loved one to the Lord because they're going to say no anyway. I know them. I've given it every chance I've got. No, no, no. We're going to choose to step out of faith anyway because today might be the day that they say yes. We've got to not give in to the fear of fallout, that they're not going to like me anymore if I stand up for what the Bible says and believe what the Bible says I can have. Choose to step out in faith anyway. We choose faith in the everyday small things, right? That's how we learned to, to have faith in those gigantic moments of our life. Now, not, not many of us are going to literally face a literal Goliath. There's not going to be a, a nine-foot giant monster of a man that's going to walk into our lives in a literal sense. But we do face a Goliath on a very regular basis. And it's typically every morning when we get up. We have to choose that day that I'm going to put into practice what God's word says. But we've got to not minimize the bear or the lion that come our way. It may be a small thing. It may seem insignificant. But that could be the bear or the lion that that day is going to prepare you so that when Goliath does show up, you're ready. We've got to not say that it's no big deal on a daily basis when that lion or that bear arrives. We've got to learn to step out in faith and to slay that beast that comes at us so that we can move on to what God has for us. Steps of faith in one area make possible the steps of faith in the gigantic areas. Problem is, we don't like that it's all intermingled. We don't like how having faith for salvation leads to having faith for healing or faith for blessing or faith for a loved one to be saved. We, we don't like how it really gets intermingled, and, and sometimes we want to compartmentalize. Now, us guys are really good at compartmentalization. It's, it's, it's every one of us men, it's our, our um, sixth spiritual sense, Okay. We just have this natural gift at it. This belongs over here. This is my work life, and I am okay with being who I am at work. And then this is my church life, and I'm going to come and put on my happy face, and I'm going to shake everybody's hand, and I'm not ever going to let anybody really get to know who I am because this is my church life. And if my church life and my work life coincided or, or intermingled, wow. But faith works in all areas, helping us to lay that aside so we can become who God wants us to be in every area. But we got to learn to deal with that giant. Sometimes the biggest giant we're going to face is when we look ourselves in the mirror and realize that self is the biggest giant I've got to slay. I am my own worst enemy. I can sabotage myself before I've ever uttered a word. Why? Because I can get in my own head. I can get so caught up in wrong thinking that I miss out on what God has in store. See, faith is intermingled in everything. Moments of fear are contagious in every area of life. So we've got to choose to not give in to fear. And we've got to choose faith even when we don't see its end result. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, we, we have more faith in the hot water heater than we do in God. You know how I know that's true? What do we do? We turn it on, and you know, like at our house, we have what's called a tankless hot water heater. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. You turn it on, and you wait. And out in the, in the garage, where the hot water tank's supposed to be, is this little box. It's about two and a half feet tall, about two feet wide. And in it is about 400 feet of copper tubing, just back and forth. And it heats the water up. Now, it takes a little while once you turn the hot water on to actually get hot water in the house. But once you get hot water on, you never run out of hot water. 
because it's got 400 feet of copper tubing that it's heating so that constant supply is there. But it cools down. You know how I know we have faith in that hot water heater sometimes more than God? Because we'll go over and we turn on the hot water and we go over and we brush our teeth, right? And we come back and we check, oh, it's not there yet. And then you go do something else. I'm going to pick out my clothes. You go in the closet and you're like, no, 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 I can't wear that. I can't wear that. Okay, yeah, I think, no, not that one. I wore black yesterday. I'm going to wear this. Still in mourning. See what else? Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll wear this one. Go check it. Oh, no, not yet. Hang it up. Then you go and you check on, make sure the coffee pot's brewing, right? Then you go back and, oh, thank goodness, fine. The hot water's there and you get in. You know how long it's going to take before your hot water gets there. You, you learn and you get this idea. The problem is we don't give God the same credit. We go over and we turn on the hot water of our faith, if you will, and we're like, oh, is it running? Nope, not yet. And we go and we do something else, and then we go back and check it, and we're like, well, what's wrong with this thing? It's supposed to be instantaneous hot water. It should have already happened. And so eventually, what do we do? We shut off the valve. Finally, well, God's not going to do his part. I guess I'm going to have to make it happen on my own. We have more faith in a hot water tank that some dude made in some factory, and we hope that he got everything plugged together, right, than we do in the creator of the universe. Faith is not something that you turn on and off. You live in it on. Then when those huge moments come, you rely because you know it's going to come through. You know it's going to happen. Why? Because you turned it on and you left it on. It is a constant supply. It is an endless tank. No, you can't run out of enough faith. No matter what giant you face, no matter what the devil throws your way, you're never going to run out of enough faith. Why? Because you turned on the valve and you stayed with it. I'm trusting that Jesus is going to help us realize that we can have faith that is so much greater than anything we could ask or imagine. I don't have to worry about what the devil throws my way. Why? Because Jesus is with me every step of the way. And I'm choosing to live with my faith valve turned all the way open. Sometimes faith feels like this. As a kid, I loved whenever, especially as a little kid, when we lived in Colgate, it was a big deal when the circus came to town, right? Circus were rolling, you have all these wild animals. And then they would break out the elephants. I mean, sorry. I was kind of talking about the carnies, but that's a different story. You have all these, the, the animals would be there, and they'd get up the big top. You'd go in, and they would set up, and they would have the trapeze artists, right? And they're swinging, and they're flipping and catching. And the whole time, they've got this net underneath, right? Because the net, the safety net, is there in case you miss it. Have any of you ever wondered if life came with a safety net? Sometimes we wish our faith did. Lord, if I do this and it ends badly, how are you going to salvage me? We'll worry about your name later. Sometimes faith is like that trapeze artist that's working without a net. There is a moment where when the trapeze artist has a hold of it and they're swinging back and forth, that they have to choose to let go of what they have in order to be able to reach and grab what's coming their way. But if we don't ever let go of where we're at and get into that middle point waiting on that other bar to swing back our way, we're never going to get where we can get to the other side. Why? Because we're hanging on to this one, and we're swinging back and forth, and we've got action, and we've got movement, 
but we're not taking any ground. We're not advancing. We've got to be willing as we're swinging back and forth in faith to let go of that so that we can reach out and grab what's next. It takes movement. It takes action. Faith is an active word. Now faith. Now faith. We've got to put it into practice. We've got to move forward. But we've also got to not treat God like genie in the bottle. We've got to not treat God like he's the genie in the bottle, that if I magically rub the vase just right, he's going to come out, he's going to give me my three wishes, and I'm going to get to have the life that I've always dreamed of without having to do anything for it. Faith makes the impossible possible. It does not always make the hard things easy. It makes the impossible possible. But it does not always make the easy, the hard things easy. David and Goliath, think back to that illustration for just a second. David and Goliath, David still had to choose while he's out on the farm tending the sheep, he had to choose to deal with the stinky sheep. They, they smell something awful. They do. Sometimes you gotta, they, wild animals do. He's out there, he's tending to them, he's learning in that time how to be good with the sling. But you know what it doesn't say every time when the lion and the bear came? It doesn't say that he grabbed the sling and that's how he, he defeated them. He ripped them apart by his bare hand. So when he gets to Goliath, imagine had he tried to do it exactly the same way he's always done it. Here comes David. The Bible says that he was ruddy or, or small in stature. So you imagine you take a small, small, you know, kind of a, a small frame guy, and he decides, I'm going to take on this giant of a man, and I'm going to go rip him apart like I always have. That's not now faith. That's yesterday's faith. That's living on what, what I know to do from yesterday. But God said, I've already given you everything you need for today. Go and use the tools that you've spent time harnessing their ability so that you can win today. See, sometimes when we step out in faith, it doesn't look like it did yesterday. Nothing wrong with what we did yesterday. But when we step out in faith today, it's for today. And it won't always look or feel the same way. But we trust that God is calling us out so that we can do what God wants us to do. And we've got to reach into the bag and we've got to grab our five smooth stones. We stick one in the sling and we think, oh God, if this doesn't work, I don't know how we're going to get out of here. And I'm going to make all of us slaves to these people, but I'm trusting you. And you let her fly and watch what God will do when that moment of stepping out is met with God's divine ability to take the impossible and make it possible. That's what God does in us. That's, that's the way God works on our behalf. We don't live in yesterday. We, 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 we draw from the assurance yesterday offers, but just because that's the way you did it yesterday doesn't mean that's the way God's going to do it today. His mercies are new every day. Faith is for now. Sure, David knew what he could have done. He knew how to, how to fight hand to hand. But he had to let something go out of his hands in order for God to get the glory. Same principle applies in our lives. Let's look at three specific areas that these principles apply in, in what Jesus taught us. First of all, he gives us faith to rise above. Faith to rise above. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, we see the story of Peter walking on the water. 
one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible. We see the story where Peter says, you know, they, they see the ghost, the storm is crazy. They are freaking out. Storm, the winds and the waves are high. They see a ghost and they really start to freak out. But then he realizes that's not a ghost, that's Jesus. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, it is I. And he says, if it's really you, call me out. And he says, okay, come on. Okay, first of all, what moron in their own right sees a ghost that they think is a ghost on the water and says, if it's really you, tell me to come out there. And then does it. I mean, really stop to think about it. Jesus, if that's really you, you're going to tell me to do something that nobody else can do. Oh, no. He said, yes, come. Oh, great. Woo. Now the other 11 guys are going to make fun of me if I don't. So what's Peter do? He gets up and he steps out. He gets out there on the water and he is walking on top of the storm that is, I mean, just trashing the boat that they're in. And then the Bible says that he realizes what's going on. He sees the winds and the waves and begins to sink and calls out to Jesus. In verse 31, it says this. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, he said, why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? I've got you. See, sometimes Jesus is going to give us faith in the middle of our storm so that we can step out, so that we can literally walk on the water that is drenching everybody else. I don't know what you're facing today, but somebody here needs to be reminded that the same waves and the same wind that Jesus walked on still know him by name. And if he could walk on them and Peter could walk on them, so can we. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to rise above in faith, trusting that God's going to see you through it. Why? Because that's what he does. We can do anything, anything. But the thing about even walking on the winds and the waves, the Bible doesn't say that, that we're not going to get the overspray of the waves crashing together on our feet. It may still be that you're in the midst of the mess, but that does not mean that you have to succumb to it and sink into it. You can rise above. Just keep your eyes fixed above the wind and the waves around you. If you keep your eyes fixed on that, Jesus will see you through it. Have faith in him. Don't give up if you've looked down. If you see how bad it is and you see how awful the winds and the waves are, look up and remember that he's the one that will reach out and grab you and pull you out and restore your faith. Keep your faith active in the now moment. The second one that we see is that we can have faith to be healed. Not only faith to rise above, but you can have faith to be healed. Matthew chapter 9, 19 through 22, it says, So Jesus and his disciples got up, and they went with him. One of the, the uh, leaders of the day had come and said, Jesus, my daughter, come heal her, please. So he gets up, and they're going. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. If I can just get to the edge of who he is, I'll be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that. Now, faith actively engages where we're at, where our hurting is at. And it actively reaches out to touch him and to grab him. Yes, go see doctors. I have no problem with doctors. I think doctors are wonderful. Where did they get the smarts they've got in the first place? 
doesn't matter if they went to Harvard Medical School. All learning apart from Jesus Christ is a curse. So it all comes from him. Every bit of our understanding and wisdom and knowledge, it all originates with the creator of the universe. So I have no problem with doctors. But here's the thing. There are numerous times that doctors get to the end of what they understand, and that's when Jesus steps in in the midst of it and says, you know what, I knit you together in your mother's womb, and I can take that cancer out. I can take that diabetes out. I can take that tumor out. I can take that cyst out of your brain. I can reach down in the middle of what you're facing, and I can make it go away. That's what Jesus does. Why? Because he's the great physician. It's not me. It's faith in him. But all I have to do is reach out and give it everything I've got and say, Jesus, I need you. That's where it's at, amen. I wish faith was easy. It's not easy to step up in faith. It's not easy to step out and say, I don't care what a doctor has said, like Pastor Dan Schaefer said. I don't care that the doctor says I have cancer. Jesus said, go to Malawi, and I'm going to step out in faith. I may die before I get home, but I've heard the word of the Lord, and I'm going to run with it. It ain't easy. But faith doesn't make hard things easy. It makes impossible things possible. Do you need healing today? Jesus said, your faith has made you well. A woman who suffered for 12 years, he reached down in the midst of her situation by one touch, one moment of faith where she reached out dramatically and grabbed hold of the, head, the hem of his garment. And he said, because of your faith, daughter, you are made well. Be healed. That's what faith does. Those who can be denied simply will be. Watch a little Saturday football. Happens. You see guys all the time. When I was a kid, one of, the, one of the players that I idolized from my high school, his name was Wes Galloway. Wes was a running back, went on to play college football. And coach, our football coach, Coach Lee, brought in some film of Wes's first touchdown at, on the college level. And literally, he got hit about the 10-yard line. And he is on one hand, and his tippy toes fully stretched out, making his way into the end zone. I mean, it looked like a thing of gymnastics. And he just kept going until finally he got the ball over the goal line and scored his first college touchdown. Because Wes Galloway was not going to be denied. He had more want in him than the enemy had attack in them. He had more guts in that moment that said, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to get past this defender. The devil wants to throw all kinds of defense at you. He wants to throw all kinds of tricks and traps your way so that you will stay where you are and not advance. And if you will be denied, you'll be denied. But I'm not one of those who will be denied. I'm going to go on and press on in faith and get to where God wants me to go. I'm going to leave behind the things of yesterday so that I can step into what God has. Don't be denied. Make up your mind. Write it real big at the top of your Bible on whatever page you're on. I will not be denied. Write, put a reminder in your phone. Get a, a reminder set in your smartphone if you've got those. If you've got a dumb phone, I'm sorry. Get a smartphone and set a reminder and tell it to remind you every morning at 6 a.m. I will not be denied. 
I will not live in what was yesterday. I will not survive in the lack of yesterday, but I'm going to press in to the healing, to the provision, to the, to, to, to the restoration, to the, the rising above that God has for me today. I will not be denied. Active faith, now faith, helps us rise above storms, helps us to rise above and receive healing from Jesus. We can have faith to receive these things because they operate the same way as the most basic understanding of faith most of us have, and that's our faith to be saved. We, we like talking about the big ideas. You know what? You can rise above. We can talk about financial blessing all day long, and we can shout and scream and be rejoicing and head on down to the Dillard's and say, I'm going to need that purse, and I'm going to need that suit, and head on down to the Mercedes dealership and lay hands on that one and say, I'm going to need that one right there because this is the one I'm going to have faith for. But it all starts with an understanding that we have faith to be saved. Faith to be saved is the foundational part of it. That's why in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, in talking about salvation, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. It's impossible. But with God, what? All things, everything, however you have memorized it and heard it preached a million times over. But with God, everything, all things, A-L-L, all, all things are possible. How is it possible? With, with God. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. What does faith do? It makes the impossible possible. How? With God. Everything. Not some things. Not no thing. Everything. Everything. Y'all going to get this. Eh, let me start out here. Everything. Everything, right? Do you guys get some things? I don't want some things. I want everything. I don't want nothing. I want everything that God has for me. Amen? And it starts with salvation. We can grasp that, right? We've, we've wrestled it down. We've come to an altar. We've pled our case before the Lord. We've received his forgiveness for our sin. And in that moment, we're saved and we don't have a problem with that. But then when we begin to step that forward, we kind of go, wait a minute. I'm not sure the healing is for today. We get so smart that we literally get stupid in the process. Take God's word at his word. Step into what God has for today. God does not want us to sit back and say, oh, no, that's not, I can't have that. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think Jesus is going to heal me from this one. Today's the day that I'm going to go see King Jesus. You know what? He may have 50 more years for you. Stop living in that. Live today with now faith. Today is the day. You know what? Some people, oh, no, I can't. Lord Jesus can't bless me in that. I don't have my financial future and all invested in the right stock portfolio. I'm sorry, but did Jesus say that he's going to give back to you through the stock market? Or did he say that men will give unto you? Who said Jesus needed a stock market to bless you? 
Who said Jesus needed for you to be at the right place at the right time for some lucky thing to happen in your way? Jesus can reach down in the middle of where you're at in this moment and make it happen for you by somebody. Faith, now faith. Somebody here today needs a financial miracle. And I don't know how that's going to happen. But I know faith says, humanly speaking, what you're facing is impossible. I understand we've got to have some things in order. I get, I, I get it. That's why we offer Dave Ramsey classes on an annual basis. And this fall, I'm sure we'll be rolling that back out. But here's the thing. I want you to get your junk in order. But your junk in order is not required for Jesus to bless you. It's required for you to sustain it. And for you to not have to run from one miraculous moment to the next miraculous moment because you need another bailout just like the government does. That's not the way Jesus works. He's not dependent upon anything. He can and will bless you how he sees fit. And it all is dependent upon our faith. Now, faith. Now. Now. Today. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Now, faith. Now, faith. Right here, right now. Right here. See, this idea that, that we have everything we need is, was not uncommon. This idea that everything we need is, is available was understood by the apostles. I get the context. I understand. But Jesus' words are pretty straightforward, right? Everything is possible to him who believes. Humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Paul understood that principle when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do what? All things. Not some of them. All things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Peter understood it when Peter said that we have been given everything we need for life and for godliness. Where? How? Through Christ. Faith, apart from Jesus, isn't faith at all. Faith in a hot water heater is not faith in a hot water heater. That's a learned lesson of how long your hot water uh, tank requires to give you hot water. Faith in Jesus says, I'm going to leave faith on every day, and every day I'm going to choose to take a step forward in faith. I could choose a, a fearful step every day. I could. We all could. Think about how this fits us practically. So tomorrow morning, it's Labor Day. We're going to get up. If you don't have to work, you're going to sleep a little bit later. You're not going to set that alarm quite as early. And guess what? Many of us are going to have barbecues. We're going to have cookouts. We're going to have friends and family over. And we're going to have faith, right, that Uncle Joe is going to leave. For some of us, that's a big step of faith. Because Uncle Joe never leaves. But we have more faith that Uncle Joe's going to leave and there'll be food left than in God who supplied it to begin with. So tomorrow morning on a very practical level, we're going to get up. And we're going to start out our day by celebrating and rejoicing. We have breath in our lungs. We have another chance to rejoice and celebrate and step forward. I have faith that Jesus has a purpose and plan for today. 
but I'm going to choose tomorrow morning to set my day for what God wants to do. Now, it's real easy for me to get on a soapbox and say, you all need to get up early and have your prayer time. If you don't have your prayer time in the morning, you don't really love Jesus. Because for me, that's the way my life works. Why? Because I order my day based on where I start. Some, I, I'm a, I am a morning person. My wife thinks 6 o'clock only comes once a day. And it ain't a.m. There are many of you here that you feel the same way. You think 2 o'clock comes twice a day. For us morning people, we're like, are you crazy? I have to be sleeping then. I'm going to get up in two and a half hours. I order my day. I choose. This is how I'm going to set my schedule. I'm going to start with an appointment with Jesus. And I'm going to set it. I'm going to pray and I'm going to read my Bible. I am right now in 2 Corinthians. I'm almost done with 2 Corinthians. And when I finish that, I'm going to go on to the next book. I read that. I read my proverb of the day. And I'm on a little bit of a challenge right now trying to read five chapters of Psalms a day. Now you think, oh, wow, five chapters of Psalms. That's not really big. Wait till you get to Psalm 119. Then add four more. That's, that's a lot of reading. I, I, I really, let's just be honest. I don't like the Lord for asking me to do that right now. It was a challenge I felt like he told me I needed to do, and I thought, I don't want to do that. But the Lord really dealt with my heart and said, I want 30 days of praise from you. And you're going to start by spending it in Psalms and learn how to praise in spite of what you face. You're going to learn a little lesson from David who cried and whined like a little, this is my interpretation of what the Lord said. You're going to learn from David who cried and whined like a little sissy baby until he realized that he was not the end all of his solution, that I was, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Guess what, baby? You're going to learn the same thing today. Here's the way it works. Get in, plug in, and let Jesus do something. It takes a step of faith every day. I'm going to have faith that when I meet with Jesus, he's going to meet with me. Then every day. Every day, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to take that step of faith and I'm going to say, you know what, Jesus, today, help me have eyes to see like you. I don't want to see the person on the corner like everybody else sees them. Maybe they made bad choices and that's why they're there, but I'm not going to judge them. Help me see the way you see. Help me hear the way you hear. And help me speak the way you speak. Could I just tell you that for the last 28 days, personally, as I've been actively now faith moments in these very small mundane things, really trying to flesh that out, can I just tell you how much richer and fuller my relationship with the Lord has been my experience? Because my faith is tuned up. It's turned up. I want to see what he sees. I want to hear what he hears. I want to say what he says. But it starts by spending time with him. Tonight we're, we'll, we'll do our last wedding. <clears throat> Young couple that's been attending here, Ryan and, and Tiffany, we, their wedding is tonight. It's the last wedding that we will do this year. Uh, it's our last set of marriage counseling, that we premarital counseling that we've been working on. We rejoice with them. We're celebrating with them. It's a fantastic occasion. Here's the thing that I've, I've learned <clears throat> over the years in, in all of our premarital counseling and marriage counseling and everything we've been working through with couples. If you don't spend any time together, 
you can't learn to walk and work together in love. You can tell couples who spend a lot of time together. Because when I talk to Leon, I hear what Donna would say. And when I talk to Donna, I hear what Leon would say. Why? Because they work together. That's how they've made it 60 plus years. Together. Because every day they had faith that the other one was going to do what they said they were going to do. We, we tell these young kids this all the time, right? Hey, you know what? You've got to learn how to fight fair. It means you put a priority on what the other person's going to have to have to say more than what you have to say. Well, how does this apply to having now faith? Well, here's the thing. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. So when he tells me something I don't like, I don't throw up my hands and want to walk away. We've seen plenty of that in marriages, right? Many of you have walked, lived through that. Where you know what? You spoke the truth and the other person said, forget you, I'm out of here. Here's the, here's, here's the case, folks. Jesus is going to tell us the truth whether we like it or not. Now faith says, I'm going to trust you because I have a relationship with you that I can see that through. Here's the case. We have been talking about the hard things that Jesus has had to say. And we're going to keep this up for the next several weeks as, as we continue on in this series. But here's the deal. If we don't have faith in the blood, as Pastor so eloquently said last week, if we don't have faith that his blood will cover all of it, then we're not going to be able to have forgiveness. We're not going to be able to deal with our enemies. We're not going to have courage for what's ahead. We've got to have all of the building blocks together. It's kind of like trying to mix concrete without water. You ain't going to mix it. You're going to have a, a, just a powdery mess all over the place. Or trying to mix... Uh, concrete without the concrete. You're just going to have water running all over the place. you got to have the pieces together. Now here's the beautiful part about it. Jesus said, I will help you in it. I've given you everything you need, and I'm going to teach you how to use it. So we've got to have faith in him, his ability to teach us. Because grace is not just for saving, but grace is an excellent teacher, according to Titus. It teaches us to say yes to godliness and no to worldliness. We have to have faith in him to do it. Here's where the rubber meets the road today. Some of you, you need faith. And the Bible says to call for the elders of the church and to let them lay hands on you. And the sick will recover. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know what? We're going to put it into practice. Why? Because the Bible says to. I'm sorry, I am tired of living on ideas and dreams of what church should be doing. When I read the Bible, it makes it pretty plain what we are to do. Tell others about Jesus. Pray for the sick. Take care of the widows and the orphans and the homeless and the oppressed and the poor. We're to do those things. Are we to be justice-minded? Yes. But it begins with faith that that's what Jesus wants us to do. We are to put it into practice. So today we're going to do that. Some of you need God to help you have the faith for healing. You're facing a tough road. Faith doesn't make hard things easy. It makes impossible things possible. Do you need healing today? Do you need salvation? Have you allowed sin to creep into your heart? Have you allowed sin to, to creep into your life and begin to, to drive a wedge and separate you from Jesus? Don't allow that to happen any longer today. He can help you say no to worldliness and yes to godliness. Do you need faith to rise above the storms that are in your life and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because you're lacking in the faith to stay focused on him? Today he'll help you. Would, would, would you stand all across the room?
Just stand right where you're at. It's going to make it a little bit easier for those that want to move out and come for prayer to do that. So all across the room, if you would stand for, for just a few moments. If I could have all of our prayer team elders, you guys would come, staff, and the pastoral staff that's in here. If you would come, I know we've got a couple elders that are out for the weekend with their families. So if, all of you that, that are our prayer partners and elders, if you would, staff, please come. Here's where we're at, folks. I know God's word says, by his stripes, what? We're healed. I know the word says, if any of you are sick, call for the elders of church, lay hands on them, sins to be forgiven, and they, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective and brings healing. What do you need God to do today in your life? What do you need God to reach down in? What do you, where do you need a step of faith to do something that is impossible right now so that God can make it possible? Today, whatever you need, God wants to do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you would say, Pastor Travis, I need an extra measure of faith. I need faith for healing. I need faith for recovery. I need for whatever you're in. I need faith that he's going to destroy the bonds of slavery that have kept me addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography. I need God's help in this. Would you slip up a hand? I need an added measure of faith for God to help me in any area. Okay? Who else? I'm going to be brave. Okay? Put your hands back down. Folks, here's where the rubber meets the road. Will you take a step of faith and come and let us pray with you? Will you step out right where you're at? If you raised your hand or you should have, right now where you're at, we want you to begin to move this way. People aren't really looking around. They've still got their eyes closed. But you know what? We want to pray. We want to rejoice. We want to celebrate when God does what only God can do. Come on, who else? You need an extra measure of faith. your hand or you should have. Don't, don't linger. Come on. God's faithful. Will you take that step of faith? Will you take that step of faith? God, I need your help. I need a financial miracle in my life. I don't know how we're going to make it if God doesn't do it. I don't know how I'm going to get past what I'm facing today. If God doesn't do it, come on, is that you? I need faith for salvation. Let things creep in. Anybody else? Come on.